Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We're joined by the Conservative Party of Canada leader, Andrew Scheer. Mr. Scheer said, uh, said consistently that he expects there'll be a majority Conservative government. Do you still feel that way, Mr. Scheer? Well, I'm very optimistic. Uh, we have a great deal of momentum heading into this final weekend. We've run a fantastic, positive campaign outlining how we're going to make life more affordable for Canadians, get back to balanced budgets, lower taxes, and uh, we're very, very optimistic with the results for tomorrow. I have to get at this issue, this question, and you know that I'm going to ask you, so let's get at it. Give us something, please, on the story from the Globe and Mail that your party hired Warren Kinsella's organization to conduct, as the Globe writes, seek and destroy Maxime Bernier and the People's Party of Canada exercise. You said that your party will not make comments on, quote, vendors that we may or may not have engaged with. You have to give me more than that. Well, uh, we, it is our, our general policy that we don't uh, make, those, uh, make comments on things like that. Those are internal party uh, matters. I can tell you that we comply with all of Elections Canada rules for uh, disclosure and uh, rules regarding uh, processes for for various things so uh, as has been in the, the case in the past we we don't make comment on these uh, types of things okay but you still expect mr trudeau to uh be very straightforward about what's been dogging him and particularly the blackface um issue which i i think he needs to answer but there are many canadians who believe that uh, you should be answering this and it may affect how they vote tomorrow well, you know, we expect Justin Trudeau to be forthcoming and honest and answer questions, especially as it relates to his time as Prime Minister and things that are under the control of his government. That's why we have been fighting very hard for him to come clean on the SNC-Lavalin scandal. That's why we've been frustrated at uh, his uh, shutting down of parliamentary investigations. Uh, we're not talking about uh, you know things the Liberal Party may have done. We're talking about things the government of Canada uh, has done or may have done with him as Prime Minister. So I, I do believe that uh, when it comes to trust, the Canadians can see that uh, Justin Trudeau has said things that he knows not to be true. He lied to Canadians about his role in the SNC-Lavalin scandal, and uh, they have no reason to believe him when he makes campaign promises this time, uh, because he's broken so many of his promises from last time, like balancing the budget in 2019. Okay. I'm not going to pursue this issue uh, of the uh, Warren Kinsella investigation uh, on behalf of the Conservative Party any further, because we only have a few minutes with you. You say you, uh, again, you expect a majority Conservative government to be elected tomorrow. It could happen. But predictions are a minority government uh, will be the case. And Jagmeet Singh said on this program a week ago that the NDP will not work with the Conservative Party to form a coalition. The Greens have said essentially the same. So you may win more seats than the Liberals and yet find yourself and the Conservative Party in opposition. What then, and then part B to this, and we talked about this yesterday with this, several guests, what would you expect the fallout in Western Canada to be? Well, what I've said is that we're asking for a conservative majority precisely for the reasons that you outlined, that all the other parties, the NDP and Liberals, will work together to run massive deficits and raise taxes to pay for it. And that type of coalition would be very costly, and Canadians would not be able to afford that. And so we are saying to Canadians, if you want the carbon tax scrapped, if you want a return to balanced budgets over a responsible period of time, if you want to stop the practice of borrowing billions and billions and making future taxpayers pay all that back with interest, or even current taxpayers after the election, uh, then you need to vote Conservative to stop that NDP Liberal coalition. Uh, I'm not going to kind of 
try to weigh in on what may or may not happen on the 22nd. Uh, we've still got uh, a little less than a day before people start voting tomorrow. And our message is the choice is crystal clear between a conservative government that will make life more affordable, lower taxes, and uh, increase, uh, keep our economy growing, and a liberal NDP coalition that will run massive deficits and raise taxes to pay for them. That's fair. Um, it's a funny world, isn't it, where if you say you're going to balance the budget, you're the one who's being attacked for saying that? <laughs> when, when in 2015, the, the, the man who occupied the prime minister's office for the last four years said budgets will balance themselves, and we would have a balanced budget in 2019. Well, exactly. It is the height of hypocrisy. I mean, when you think about it, Justin Trudeau ran on a platform last election of balancing the budget in four years. Uh, he's obviously blew past that promise, but uh, for him in 2015, running on a balanced budget pledge is fine. But for us, when we do it in 2019, uh, he starts spreading fear and misinformation. And it's just another example of the hypocrisy uh, that has really defined his legacy as a prime minister. And uh, and that's why we're saying to Canadians, look, we can avoid the, the damage that was done in Ontario under Kathleen Wynne and Delta McGuinty. We can start to control the rate of growth in government spending. We can eliminate uh, corporate welfare and foreign aid to countries that don't need it. We can bring that money back home to balance the budget and lower taxes. Uh, Canadians know that, that if governments are allowed to run deficits of you know, $20, $30 billion for years and years and years, that leads to higher taxes just like night follows day. And it also leads to cuts to important social programs as well. We've already seen that with the Liberals uh, changing the way uh, men and women in the armed forces receive medical care in this country and the elimination of popular tax credits. So that's a choice for Canadians tomorrow, and I'm asking for their vote, vote Conservative, so we can get back to balanced budgets and keep taxes low. Okay, we have a few minutes more with you, so let me go through some issues and ask you for quick answers. Healthcare. What is your most fundamental commitment as far as healthcare is concerned? Keeping in mind, and we spoke yesterday with the president of the Canadian Medical Association, that five million Canadians have no primary care physician. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, finding family doctors is an increasing challenge for many people in in, in all different parts of Canada. Uh, our fundamental commitment is that we will keep increasing the federal transfers to the provinces by at least three percent. That is the current formula. We will protect those increases. We have also uh, committed to establishing a fund to help provinces purchase new equipment like MRI uh, equipment and, and CT scans to help lower wait times as well. As it relates to doctor shortages, we are committed to uh, speeding up the, the types of things that would allow people to come from around the world to Canada to practice medicine and a lot, as well as recognizing foreign credentials to help facilitate that. That's a great idea. That has not happened for too many years. Military veterans, Mr. Shear, there have been uh, there's been very little said and commitments made to military veterans during this election campaign. Well, I made a, uh, an announcement uh, on PEI specifically about re- reducing the backlog, eliminating the backlog for veteran services, ensuring that they get the, the benefits that they're entitled to, and breaking down the silos between government departments. Do you know that often? Of uh, a soldier can get discharged from the military for a medical reason. They get an assessment by the Department of National Defense. They then go to Veterans Affairs to start receiving benefits, and Veterans Affairs makes them get an exact. Often makes them get uh, another medical assessment. Uh, often veterans have to prove that they still have permanent injuries like hearing loss or even amputations. Uh, there are so many bureaucratic 
issues within the Department of Veterans Affairs that we're committed to eliminating so that at the end of the day, the veterans, the, the, the department works for the veterans and actually gets them the services. That they yeah, have. you know, uh, we've, we've heard this uh, repeatedly from political parties running for office and then at the next time of their election, the veterans are no better off. So um, we're going to hold you to that if you're elected. Yeah, you, sh- you should, and veterans will, and, and I am will. committed to doing this. And uh, I'd be happy to come back on your show and, and defend the record after we've had a chance to start to fix the problem. I have to uh, remind everybody that you've been very good about coming on this program, and you haven't always had an easy ride when you've been on the show, but you haven't uh, you haven't stayed away, and I appreciate that, and I think our listeners appreciate uh, Irregular border crossers. Speak to that, please. Well, we also made an announcement where we are saying that we would start the process to renegotiate the third safe the safe third country agreement we don't believe it's appropriate we don't believe it's fair for people to cross into Canada illegally jumping the line and skipping the queue from uh, ahead of people who are facing real persecution civil war natural disasters and things like that upstate New York is not a place you need to flee from uh, it's it makes sense that people want to come to Canada, but we're asking them to come through the front door. Uh, so we will work towards establishing the same principles that exist at official border crossings, where if you come into Canada from the United States, uh, you are sent, you are, you, you are told to make your refugee claim in the safe, the first safe country that you reach, and we're going to extend that principle uh, across the border. Okay, climate and carbon tax. Carbon tax is going to be gone. How fast? Uh, well, if, uh, if we receive the mandate to do it, it will be uh, eliminated before January 1st. Uh, we've committed to having an economic action, uh, sorry, uh, a fiscal update, uh, the get-ahead fiscal update as soon as Parliament returns, and that will include scrapping the carbon tax as well as taking the GST off of home energy bills. All right, now I have to ask you this question about equalization. And you know that uh, in the province of Alberta, Premier Kenny uh, is looking at this whole issue. And uh, there's talk about a, a really a need for a referendum in Alberta on equalization. What are your plans and your thoughts on that? Now, tie that into the pipeline issue because you have the premier of Quebec saying he doesn't want dirty Alberta oil, uh, which means, you know, no, no, no new pipelines, doesn't want the oil, but he wants the money, the $13 billion. How do you address that? Well, I believe in respecting provincial jurisdiction, but I also believe in respecting federal jurisdiction. And uh, I've said before that uh, when projects are in the national interest, it's imperative that the government, the federal government, uh, gets them built. I, I believe that the National Energy Corridor that I'm talking about uh, can do that, can speak to the concerns of First Nations, of uh, provincial governments, of uh, environmental issues, get all those types of questions settled ahead of time so that we can get these big projects built again. Uh, I believe that once we have a government that uh, believes in our energy sector, uh, as we do, you know, Justin Trudeau travels around apologizing for our oil and gas sector. Uh, I will be a champion for Canadian oil and gas. I will uh, create the climate where the private sector can get pipelines built again, get Western Canadian energy to Eastern Canadian markets so we can get off of foreign oil, and we'll see that economic growth return to Alberta and Saskatchewan. I, I, I live in Saskatchewan. I, I, I'm home, going home to Regina tomorrow to votes. And I know so many friends and neighbors who have been impacted by this downturn in the energy sector. And there's so much frustration that we continue to import uh, oil and gas from the United States, from Saudi Arabia, from Algeria. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm going to work uh, to, uh, to to address. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, this happens every day in eastern Canada. Uh, do you want to add anything to this interview? I've, I've already gone over the 10 minutes you agreed to. Do you want to, do you want to add anything that I, I haven't asked you? 
Well, I'll just, uh, once again, as voters uh, make up their mind for tomorrow, for those who have not yet made up their mind, it is a very crystal clear choice tomorrow between a coalition that Canadians cannot afford, an NDP uh, party calling the shots with a Liberal Party spokesperson. Uh, that is one choice. Massive deficits, big taxes to pay for it. On the other, a Conservative government that will lower taxes, keep making life more affordable, return to balanced budgets, and represent Canada with strength on the world stage. All right. We have you on the record. Thanks for doing this today. Thanks for being available to us uh, throughout the campaign. Thank you very much. And we'll see what happens tomorrow. We'll talk soon after the election. All right. Thank you, Mr. Shear. Andrew Shear, the leader of the Conservative Party. I I felt I owed him that uh, question. Is there anything you want to add? Because he has not avoided us, and he hasn't had easy rides on this program. He's had some uh, uh, significantly challenging interviews, and uh, he's never refused to come back. So I appreciate that.